Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can grab your seats this morning. Be turning to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon. And as you're turning there, I want to share something else with you. Just because I thought the Lord laid it on my heart that this is important. And it is this. And let me find it here. Yep. It's a small book. However, that's not where I'm going right now. I want to share 2 Corinthians chapter 3, a passage of scripture with you for this reason. Rarely do I have anyone come up to me and say, hey, pastor, you know, I was studying this week and man, this just stood out to me or something like that. And as a, but as a pastor, when it does happen, it touches my heart. But even more so when this morning, a little eight year old boy came up to me with his Bible and said, can I show you what my favorite verse is that I highlighted in my Bible? And this little eight-year-old boy came up and shared his verse with me. And I felt like as I was, it just hit me right now that God wants me to share that with you as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, starting in verse 2, You yourselves are our letter written on the hearts, recognized and read by everyone, since it is plain that you are Christ's letter produced by us, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on the stone tablets, but on tablets that are hearts of flesh. I wrote it on my hand, but verse four as well. We have this kind of confidence towards God through Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. When our young people, eight years old, is not only reading his Bible, he shared with me where he is in, in um, you're in Genesis, right, son? So he's in Genesis reading on his own. But he also wanted to share his favorite scripture. And then his favorite scripture is like, hallelujah, if all of us would put that in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Hey, hallelujah. So thank you, son, for reading your Bible. I truly appreciate that. Huh? He's nine. What did I say he was? I'm sorry, buddy. You're nine. He said, don't worry about it. Ha! <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The, the message this morning... If you don't already know, I was able to go camping Friday night and you know, we had a great time. We set up camp. We, we, we had a big Cajun boil out there and, and then we went riding all day yesterday, literally all day Saturday up in the hill country and then got in the car and drove back last night. Well, that being said, remember Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Aren't you glad that it does not say that you can do all things till you turn 50? Because I was achy very much last night. In fact, Friday, as I was praying and I was thinking, I even told him around the, the fire, around the camp out there, I said, you know, God still hasn't quite laid on my heart. It, usually by then, I like to know what, I'm, what the message is supposed to be about. And as I got up and I said, you know, I'm going to go inside and I'm going to study. I'm going to read just a little bit. And, and, and I was thinking that Friday night after, a, after that long day, after that, that, that sitting in camp, I got up out of my chair and I got to thinking about, man, I ache. I had things popping that I didn't think were supposed to be popping. And I got in and I sat down and I just thought about it. And I was like, Lord, I got a lot of stuff I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, I, I, I haven't even got up my, put a leg over the bike yet. And I'm already aching and my shoulders are tired. What am I going to do here, Lord? 
And it just kind of touched my mind, and I, and I got to thinking about growing old. Now, I understand I'm not old compared to some of you, Rod, but <laughs> that is what crossed my mind. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about how we tend to grow old, how we gripe and how we complain and how we agitate and we do this and that. And I thought, God, everybody says you're supposed to grow old mercifully. And, I, and this is kind of the question that God laid on my heart. As I went in to read the scriptures Friday night, I got to thinking about, I want to grow old godly. Rather than gracefully, I replaced the word godly. And I was thinking about that and praying about that. And I opened my Bible and I, and I opened it to Philemon. And I thought, there's the example right there. There's the example of Paul. And here is a man who is aged. Here is a man that if I'm going to use some person, now we are to compare ourselves to Christ, but if I want to look at it, an example of a human being that has grown old in a godly fashion, I thought, there's Paul. This is the man right there that we should, should emulate. There's a man who has grown old in godly style. Now, this letter in Philemon, or the letter to Philemon, is a very personal letter from Paul to Philemon. His main purpose in this letter of Philemon is to, to, to bring reconciliation between a, a runaway slave named Onesimus and, and his owner, Philemon. And Paul has sat down writing this letter, and, it, and you would say, well, that's about all you can get out of that. But yet, as I read that letter, and I thought about it again and again, and I thought about how here is Paul sitting in jail, basically, but he is he begins this letter with a loving, joyful introduction as he starts his appeal to Philemon. And even in that age, he is still loving and joyful, and he writes it and presents it as such. Now, look with me, if you will, in Philemon. I want us to read that together this morning. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother. The Philemon, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Ephiah, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your house, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and faith toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of Christ. For I have great joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. For this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my child whom I fathered while in chains, Onesimus. Once he was useless to you, but now he is useful to both you and me. I am sending him a part of myself back onto you. I wanted to keep him with me so that in my imprisonment for the gospel, he might serve me in your place. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that your good deed might not be out of obligation, but of your own free will. For perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might get him back permanently, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave as a dearly loved brother. This is especially so to me, but even more to you, but in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, accept him as you would me, and 
And if he has wronged you in any way or owes you in anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self. Yes, brother, may I have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Since I am confident of your obedience, I am writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I have asked. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what do we get out of there? There's many lessons in that letter. There's many sermons. There's many things that you can draw from that. But here's what I was thinking of as I read that letter Friday night. Paul is in a very aged state by this point. He is a, a, an elderly man. He is showing us, I believe, how to grow old in a godly style. The first thing I would say is that when we look at Paul, when we think about Paul, and we're we just were studying Paul in the book of Acts in our Sunday school class last three Sundays. But when we look at the life of Paul, the first thing I would say is we grow older, we should be drawing that much more closer to our walk with the Lord. The older we get, the stronger our connection, the stronger our walk should be with Christ. If we really want to grow in a godly way as we get older, then we should be walking more and more in his way. Amen. In these verses, Paul is not only going through the, the normal problems of aging, he is a prisoner in Rome. He has been a prisoner for some time. He mentions this twice, both in verse 1 and in verse 9. But then, as if it's not enough to be a prisoner when you're in your 60s, in verse 13 it says that he was in chains. He's, he, he's in chains and locked up. He's under house arrest. He is chained up and as a prisoner. He has no way to get out and about. Now, why am I harping on that for just a moment? Here's an aged man in jail. Things have been going from bad to worse for Paul ever since he accepted Christ on the Damascus Road. If you haven't ever done a, a, a character study on Paul, let me tell you, his life was not all just peaches and cream. It kept getting worse and it kept getting worse. And here he is in an aged state, locked up and, and chained up in, in jail. And yet, what do we see? He has suffered incredible hardships. He's had, had incredible pains laid upon him for the cause of Christ. Yet there's one major thing that I think stands out in this letter when you think about that. After all the hardships, after all the pains, after all the things that has transpired in his life, there is still not one hint that he is mad at God or that he has given up on God. No matter what has transpired in his life, no matter how bad it has gotten, no matter that he can't get out and go to, to, to Philemon himself, no matter that he needs Onesimus there to take care of him because he's locked up in the house, no matter how bad everything may seem, we do not see any hint whatsoever of him shaking his fist at God. We don't see any hint of him being ugly or mean or disruptive. We don't see any of the ugliness that we sometimes associate with age or with hard times. Instead, in the midst of age and hard times, we see grace. We see love. We see compassion. We see him looking to God and saying, thank you, Jesus. Paul is confidently speaking of God's grace and peace. He's not just doing it because it's a duty. He's not speaking of grace and mercy because it's something that he feels as though I have to do this because I'm a Christian. I have to be like this because I, I'm an apostle. No, when he writes this letter, I, at least myself, feel the grace and mercy of God through him to you and me. Why? Because it's real. It's an integral part of who he is. He has chosen in his later years or early years and all through his life to grow a little closer, a little closer, and a little closer, and a little closer. 
to Christ to the point that when all the bad stuff happens, rather than trying to say, well, so-and-so is poking me in the eye or, or so-and-so is being hateful to me or so-and-so is doing this or I wish I wasn't in chains, God, or I wish I wasn't locked up in this room. Rather than being uh, showing all the animosity that we as humans tend to show, Paul says, thank you for the grace and mercy. I am locked up for my God. For the gospel of Jesus Christ, I have had to, th to go through the trials of life over and over and over. Paul saying, I've been hungry, I've been sleepy, I've, I haven't had a home, I've had so much turmoil. But yet here in his aged years, writing to Philemon, I don't see any ugliness. I don't see any hatefulness. I don't see any bias towards the world or to his physical body. He loves the Lord. And he expresses his constant gratitude joy and consolation to Philemon. He's saying, man, isn't Christ great? Now, Philemon, he could read that, you know, if he's getting a letter from Paul, he could be expecting, man, Paul's been locked up a long time. He's over there out of country. You know, it's got to be rough. I'm almost scared to open this. But I think Philemon knew Paul, and he opened it, and sure enough, there it is. Paul's like, praise God. If we want to grow old in a godly fashion, we need to start wherever we're at now, whether we're we're nine years old like Ryan or whether we're 109 years old like whomever, we need to stop and start right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This is the day the Lord hath made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. For whatever the Lord puts my way, he is still in charge. And if God be for me, who can be against me? When I remember those things and choose on a daily basis to draw nearer, dearer and nearer to the, my Lord, closer to thee, O Lord, the closer I draw to God, the more as I get older, I'll be able to step back and say, yeah, I might pop and creep, but my God's got a heavenly body set up for me. Amen. And I can grow in a godly way. Through every trial, Paul moved closer to the, to the Lord. Through every instance and happenstance that was in his life, he got closer to the Lord. He didn't get angrier. He didn't move away from God. He didn't move away from human beings. He didn't move away from people. He still wanted to witness. He still was sharing the gospel. To the best of his ability, he was drawing to Christ. When we, we really can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us, when? When we quit focusing on the circumstances and start focusing on God. Amen. That's how you grow old in a godly way. Paul's focus was not on the situation. Paul's focus was on God. You know, the um, pioneer missionary Hudson Taylor, I remember reading one time, it says when he was over in the inland China for, on a missionary trip, he wrote a letter back to his wife. He said, I have 25 cents and all the promises of God. In other words, Bunny, I have nothing financially. I have nothing materially, but I got the promises of God. Hallelujah. If we would start looking at life in that fashion, rather than, oh, man, I don't have $5 for this, or I don't have this, or I don't have that. I'm getting old, and I got to ask for help for this, or I'm doing this. And I'm doing... Let's just step back and say, I have the promises of God. And as long as I have the promises of God, everything else can take second seat. When I focus on the promises of God, then everything else that breaks down or tears up or moves over or, or hangs here or doesn't hang where it should is okay. Because my God's in control. Corey Tin Boone said one time that when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw your ticket out the window and jump off the train. You sit back and you trust the engineer. Folks, 
As we grow older, things may get a little bleaker and a little darker in avenues of our lives, things we, we may want to do. But the older we get, the more we should sit back and trust the engineer. The, more, the older we get and the more aged we get and the more along that life's journey that we pr proceed, the more we should sit back in our chair and trust that engineer. And the more we trust the engineer, the more we'll be able to say thank you, Jesus, with joy, with peace, with mercy, and with grace. And the more peace, mercy, joy, and grace we exude from ourselves, the more godly we're growing with our older age. Amen? Amen. When Philemon read this letter from Paul, he didn't detect any animosity. He saw that Paul, even in his aged years and the condition he's in, still loves the Lord. The other thing we can learn from Paul, he, he couldn't travel the world any longer. He couldn't walk that missionary circuit that he had started, but he sure could write letters. Amen? He, he still took the opportunities that God gave him, that, 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 that advantage of each opportunity that God gave him. He couldn't do anything, but he, so what did he say? I am writing this with my own hand. I don't have the luxury of scribes any longer, but guess what, Philemon? I'm going to write with my own hand. And he did. And praise God, you and I have most of the New Testament today because he chose to write those letters. He may not have been able to walk anymore, but he sure could write letters or he could have them written for him at times. But we have the letters of the scripture. There's so much more we don't know about Paul that he did. But when things got tight, he didn't just sit there and say, oh, poor me. He used the opportunities that God gave him and he prayed. How do we grow old in a godly way? We get closer to God. We take advantage of the opportunities of things that he has given us and we pray. In verse 4, Paul tells Philemon, he said what? I make mention of you always in my prayers. He didn't say, I prayed for you last week over my, my ravioli. Always in my prayers, Philemon. I am praying always and I am lifting you up as well. I mentioned earlier about our prayer list and folks being on spring break and things of that nature. I'm not saying that just so we can get our little card punched in here. We should be praying unceasingly. We should be lifting up the brethren. We should be lifting up each other. We should be lifting up our families. And we should be praying and saying, Father God, I pray for brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. I pray you direct my paths today to give me wisdom as Rod shared earlier. Direct my pathways and show me how I should speak for you this day and guys when we are praying on a daily basis you can't help but get more intimate with your Lord how close are you and your spouse going to be if you only talk to her once a month it's not going to be very close is it <laughs> thanks brother <laughs> how much less will the arguing be if we pray for her every day though Every day, every day we should be seeking God's face in some communication. It doesn't have to be long, elaborate, theologically correct things, you know, I have to write it all out. You can just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just, just Friday, I went and took the, the, our old motorhome up to the tire place to have them check everything out, make sure everything was good there on the tires. And I'm sitting there and I start seeing antifreeze leak out the front. I'm like, oh, Jiminy. But I got under there, turned out just a hose clamp, big, no big deal. But what if that happened 20 miles out in the middle of nowhere where I couldn't get a hose clamp? And all I kept thinking was, thank you, Jesus, that that happened right there. 
Because he could have had it happen later, but I feel, and you may say Frank's gone off the deep end, but I think because I speak to him on a daily basis and I prayed for a safe trip, God said, you know, I'll go ahead and let this happen now so you get it fixed while it's right here where you can fix it easy. And I can say, thank you, Jesus. And that was a prayer because I meant it. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Our prayers don't have to be deep, intricate things. It is communication between you and the Lord. How are we going to grow gracefully, godly? By getting closer to Him. By taking every opportunity He gives us to minister for Him. By sharing and talking about others to Him in prayer. God wants us to help others, folks. He wants us to go out and, and pray for each other. And He has given us the ability to do that. Paul's main purpose in writing to Philemon here, and I pray we never have to deal with any runaway slaves. I don't think that'll happen. But, but, but God has given us the ability to help in other ways. There's, there's problems in families. There's problems between friends. There, 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 there's problems when people just need us to, a shoulder to lean on and someone just to listen to what they're having to say. And sometimes God has given you specifically the ability to help. Well, that's the pastor's job. That's the deacon's job. No, every one of us that's been called into, into his ministry, every one of us that's accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, every single one of us has been given a gift. You may not know what it is yet, or you may not be exercising it, but if you would stop and say, God, what would you have me to do? Next week, we're in our Sunday school class, we'll be going in later into the book of Acts, later on into chapter 9. And it talks about Tabitha. And Tabitha had a gift for sewing. You never see she was speaking in tongues or healing people or, or doing great and creative things. It says that she just had a gift for sewing. And then when she died, you know who was surrounding her bed? All the widows. In other words, all the poor people that she chose to use her gifts for to make sure they had clothes. Them people had got to have clothes they wouldn't have been able to have in that kind of cultural society at the time because she chose to use the gift that God gave her to clothe them. And when it came to the end, they were thanking her. And then God got glorified through that, and they all saw God get glorified. But it started out by her using the gifts that God had given her. Folks, God has given us a gift. For Paul, it was a gift of persuasion, a gift of, of education, the gift of writing. But God has called each one of us to use our gifts. If we truly want to grow old in a godly way, then we should say, God, what would you have me do this day? How can I use the gifts that you have given me? In, in Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Sometimes God has called us to interject ourselves just to bring peace. That's what Paul's doing for Onesimus here to Philemon. He's saying, yes, I know he was a runaway slave, but I've led him to the Lord and he's been serving me. But I'm sending him back to you just so you know that he loves the Lord. You do what you want to do, but I'm going to tell you, he's a son of the Lord now. And Paul is interceding on Onesimus' behalf because he knows that blessed are the peacemakers. I want to bring mercy and grace between Onesimus and Philemon and myself and you and God over all of us. And I just want to be what God's called me to be. Folks, if we want to grow old in a godly fashion, we need to quit being the ones that agitate and stir it up and start being the ones that salve it over and start praying for each other. Amen. The older we grow and the more wise we become, the more we can put our hands in our pockets and use our brains in our mouths instead. The stuff that happened out here this past week, people said, well, I, I don't think I could have contained myself. I would have done this, I would have done that. There was a day I would have too. 
But I can choose to act like Frank or I can choose to act like Christ and I choose Christ. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And each one of us, Frank's not super, every one of us that has the Holy Spirit living within us has the same capability. We each one have the same capability of saying, Father God, what would you have me to say and do right now? And sometimes it may be draw the sword and go forth, and other times it's going to say pray over him, or them, or she, or it, or whatever that God's telling you to do. We need to stop. If we truly want to grow old in a godly way, we should draw closer to him and say, Father, what would you have me to do today? In verse 10 and 11, it says, I appeal to you from my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and me. Here's the other thing I thought of. Here is a man has drawn so close to the Lord that he's not shaking his fist at God. It doesn't matter how hard his life has been. Doesn't matter that both the religious people from the Jews and the 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 uh, law the, the the law of the Romans have both been against him, and his life has not been fair ever since the Damascus Road. It's not about being ugly and hateful or having animosity. It's about joy and contentment. It's about using the gifts God's given him when he has the opportunity to do so. It's about praying to his Lord and praying for others. But also, too, in that passage of Scripture right there, he is aged, he is a prisoner, he is chained up, and yet he's still sharing the gospel, and Onesimus comes to know Christ. We never get so old that we retire out of God's ministry, folks. You just don't do that. Now, there are those who may retire from behind the pulpit or from behind a guitar or something, but as long as we have breath in our bodies, we should be professing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as long as we're professing our Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior with mercy and grace, then others are going to come to know Christ. Yes, there are some deep doctrinal issues we can talk about. Yes, there are some great things that we can delve deeper into God's word and get the meat out of. But the number one commission that God has got given us is to go out there, make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we talked about Christ is going to return, not when we know everything there is to know theologically, but when all the lost have heard the gospel. Paul was about the business of sharing the gospel even when he was locked up and in chains, Onesimus accepted Jesus. Paul could have just just sat by and, and moped and said, nope, I'm done. I'm retired. I'm just going to sit here. Chains could not keep Paul from leading others to Christ. And folks, I would share with you, your chains may not be physical chains. You may not be locked in a Roman house somewhere. But you may say, but, but pastor, I can't, I'm homebound now. My illness doesn't allow me. My oxygen tank doesn't allow me. My legs don't allow me to walk any longer. I can't function like I used to function. And the, the thing I would say to that is, and? We have telephones. We have all kinds of opportunities to write. We have emails and all the, the other ridiculous things everybody uses. Facebook, Messenger, Twitter, and probably something else now. There are so many ways we can minister, so many ways we can share the gospel. Paul chose to, 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 to just continue to share, and that's what we should do. There are still young people out there who need their lives turned around. And guess what, folks? God's going to use those of us that have been through it already, accepted him, moved on to the other side to reach back to those young people that may act like they're not listening to say, God loves you, God can bring you through this, but you have to make the choice. God will use us 
in our elder years to reach down to those who act like they're not listening when we have chosen to walk that godly pathway. There are still those that need to know Christ. Don't think for a moment that you cannot help. Don't think for a moment that God cannot use you. No matter how old you are, no matter how feeble this physical body may have become, no matter how much cancer or tumors or whatever it may be that, that the world is saying this physical body is going to break down, as long as there's breath in your body, God can use you to lead somebody else to Jesus. That's how we grow old gracefully. That's how we grow old godly you can pray for them you can call somebody you can send them a card you can tell them what jesus means to you you can invite invite people to church however it may be the thing is let's on a daily basis start making a difference for christ Amen. that's how we grow in a godly way i was speaking to a young lady this past week she's 26 and just got diagnosed with ms that's a, a pretty heavy diagnosis because her body's already doing things that it shouldn't and she's in a lot of pain. But guys, her faith is strong. Her, her, her demeanor is strong. And I mentioned that and she shared with me about her father. Her father was a, a strong man of faith and he passed away a few years ago. But she shared with me that as he was ate up with cancer and he was in a hospital room and, and she was sharing how strong his faith was, he never quit telling people about Jesus. And she said that one night, it was 2 a.m. in the morning, he told his nurse about, about Christ and how, what Christ meant to him and the condition he was, but just how loving and powerful and graceful his God was. Well, he died four days later, but the following week, it had such an impact upon that nurse, that nurse found his daughter to tell her, your daddy didn't know it, but he led me to Christ that night. Hallelujah. Even on his deathbed, knowing he was going away, he said, I'm still going to preach the gospel. And that nurse at two in the morning was so profoundly impacted by what he had to say that it took two weeks, but he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And her daddy's faith in that bed strengthens her faith in what she has to fight right now. Hallelujah. Folks, there's lost people out there. They are all around us. And it is our responsibility, it is our privilege to go out there. There's a lot of folks that haven't been talked to yet. There's a lot of people out there that, that needs to understand the importance of Christ. And it is up to you and I that have already been there, that have that testimony, to share that, to share who he is. Every one of us is growing older. Every one of us is getting closer to that day where it says that it's appointed on man once to die and then to face the judgment. Nobody knows the day or the hour, but we're getting closer every minute. So why not grow older in godly style? How do we do that? We draw closer to the Lord. We make the most of every opportunity we mend fences whenever we can and bring peace amongst the brethren. And we multiply our efforts to share Christ. I believe this kind of, and I wish I could tell you I put a lot of deep thought into this message. I was sitting in a camper Friday night and this was just all like poured down on into me Friday evening. And yesterday as I was riding, there was, that, that, that's the neat thing about not having comms on your bike. You can just think. And I was just thinking and just thinking and looking. And more and more, it just drove home to me just how powerful it is to grow old in a godly way. And that's what I think he's called every one of us to do. 
And the neat thing is every one of us that's accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior has the capability to do that. But you have to choose it. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is, this is all just words to you. But great, praise God, he said, anyone who believes that he is the Son of God and that he rose up from the dead, believes with his heart and professes with his mouth, so shall he be saved. Amen. If you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the number one thing. He is the peacemaker. And he will bring peace between your, your soul and, and heaven's reality. Because the way your soul sits right now can never enter into glory. Your spirit is, is not one that can join in to where Christ is. There is no sin in glory. But if you will focus on him and accept him as your Lord and your Savior, when he moves in and he cleanses you, it says from that point on, we are in Christ. We are grafted into the family tree. And once you're grafted into that family tree, from that moment on, you can proceed to getting older in a godly fashion. This body may ache. This body may cramp. This body may do things you don't want it to do, this physical body. But that spiritual body may be feeble and can't, I mean, your physical body may be feeble and can't move anymore, but that spiritual body can still share the gospel. It's your decision how to grow. You can become that old person sitting on the front porch that kids go around the block to make sure not to walk in front of your house. Or you can be that person that when the kids walk by say, man, there's that guy, that girl that truly loves Jesus. That loves, always, or they may even say, there's, there's that guy that's going to tell us about Jesus again. But guess what? He's got cookies. Let's go. I guess this day and time I can't talk like that. But why not let people see Christ rather than man in us as we grow older? Amen. Let him shine. The more I decrease so that the more he may increase. And the more I get out of the way, the brighter his light will shine. And it's the same for every one of us, guys. I'm not special. I'm just saved. Amen. And you can be as well. We're going to open this altar in just a moment. We're going to ask everyone to stand. Chris and the guys are going to come up and lead us in a song. And if God's telling you to sing, then sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to walk across the aisle and grab somebody's hand, pray with them. Maybe he's telling you it's time to go and be that peacemaker and say, I'm sorry. Maybe God's telling you that, what, that, that it's time to say, I'm sorry. And you're like, but, but they should say, I'm sorry to me. Maybe God's saying, you take the first step. Where are you this morning? Will you do what the Lord's calling you to do? And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, will you heed his word today? Will you listen to that still small voice speaking in the background and accepting before it's too late? I praise God. Uh, Marina bought Sherry and I tickets to a concert in, in, later this afternoon for... For Christmas, we're going to go listen to some uh, acapella music, and we're going to have a good time. But that is nothing compared to the time you'll have if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One day, we'll all be sitting around the throne room of God, listening to the praises, if we know Him. Where are you this morning? 
Where are you? Father God, I just come before you and just ask, Lord, that as we have gathered in this place, that we will heed your word, that we will listen to what you have to say. And God, help us all to grow older in a godly way. Help us focus on you. Use every opportunity you give us to share the gospel and to mend fences so that one day we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, guide our paths, guide our directions, guide our thoughts. Lord, thank you for friends who are here in this congregation today. But God, even more so, I thank you if, if that one person, if you could speak to them in a way that they choose life before it's too late. Father, may your will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing this morning, this altar will be open. You can pray right where you're at. I'll pray with you. But don't leave out of here today unless your heart is right with the Lord, please. And you may say, I already know Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's not be that crotchety old Christian and let's make some changes today. Amen. Amen. As we sing. And the day is past and Just because the music stops doesn't mean you have to. Every day, all day, let's ask the Lord to take our hand and lead us where we need to go. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. I pray that you keep looking up. And let's choose, let's make a decision right now to focus on growing old in a godly way rather than in a, in a uh, complaining type of way. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, give God the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Ian, would you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you.
fall so short that we are so impressed. But we thank you for the privilege to be your advocate and your calling of individually gifted each and every one with something to share to the body of Christ and to the body at large who are called but not yet in your fall, who you love just as much as you love us and you want to see them come to you. We pray that our speech, our actions, our words, our deeds will glorify you, will lift you up, so that as you are lifted up, we will draw all the men from you. Grant us the peace that passes all understanding this week, that we may live in your grace and be grace givers and rejoice uh, with you and with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.